Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Hi, Didi. What's up? So I'll start with a dirty joke. Dirty joke. Yeah, dirty joke. A 20-year-old man says, oh my God, what a fuck I had last night. A 40-year-old man says, hey, I had a great meal. And a 60-year-old man is able to say, well, I was able to take a dump. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that is the joke. What the heck? Exactly. <laughs> and um, What brought you to tell the joke? I'll start by asking you. Uh, I'll tell the story as it progresses. <laughs> yes, exactly. As I was watching Taylor Swift, a.k.a. the Super Bowl, what did you do? Laundry. Yes. <laughs> Where did you do the laundry? That That's the no, one that you, you want me to share? Yeah, yes, yes, in, share. In a public laundromat because our laundry machine was broken. For like and a month. <laughs> for a month. They came in, they fixed it. It broke again. They fixed it. It broke again. We had to get a new one, but we had this kind of warranty that until they fixed it 10 times, we weren't yeah. eligible to get a new one. That's the problem of getting those warranties. You yeah. just should buy a new one no, no, no. and not the, buy the, the warranty. The warranty was awesome because we got $800 back for buying a new washing machine, and we actually bought an LG that from Costco. Which so, yeah, I, I spent uh, Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday Super Bowl night doing... So much laundry. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was like and, months. And, and what I wanted to say is the thing that is semi-orgasmatic for me is the fact that we have now a functioning washing machine and a functioning dryer in the house. After like two months of not having them, that, I, I, that that's like the goat. It's uh, like, the, 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 it's like <laughs> you need to explain that the. Yes. Appreciating life. It's like bringing the goat exactly. to your home. Yeah, maybe you tell another joke. I'll tell we, another joke. We need to explain the goat. It's called and it's not Tom Brady the goat. It's not Tom Brady the goat, but this is a good time to talk about goats. It's called the, the Maise mit de Kose, which is Yiddish for saying the tale of the goat. A guy goes to his rabbi and says to the rabbi, Rabbi, my life is so hard. I have 10 kids. We have one room. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's has a horrible life. We can't do anything. The rabbi says, put in a goat into, into that room. He says, put in a goat? That's a bad, bad idea. He puts in a goat, chases the rabbi down the street and the next day and says, rabbi, this is horrible. The goat eats our shit. He, she poops on everything. She rams the kids. This is terrible. He says, take out the goat. The rabbi sees the guy a week later and says, well, how's life now? He says, a lot better. And that's the tale of the goat. The, and that's the a laundry life. machine. That's the laundry machine. After We fix the laundry machine and life is amazing. Amazing. It's like, ah. <laughs> oh. I didn't even need to go to the laundromat with piles of laundry. It was like the whole minivan was full of laundry. And everything smelled of Ron's sweat. Everything in the yeah. house smelled of Ron's sweat. So, hockey kid. A hockey kids. Okay. So, Life so, is good. We got rid of the goat. We got rid of the goat. Life is awesome. <laughs> also, the, the we got rid of all the rumors of that the CIA wants Taylor Swift to win so Biden will win the election. What the F was that one? I uh, didn't hear that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, was a whole, there was a whole thing around that one. But the Chiefs did win and Shanahan choked again. Third Super Bowl, Shanahan chokes. So... 
which is bad for my friends in Cisco because we call them the Santa Clara 49ers and they play in our backyard. So well, they did well. I mean, there's for, there's for what it how how does the Dotan family call second place? First losers. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, Santa Clara 49 cool. exactly all right technical topic today okay technical no. topic today what did you want to talk about so very much like old age stories of mine when I hear you talking and interviewing in the background it makes me think of how technology is evolving and the thing that has not evolved do you know what it still constitutes the number one cause of data loss human beings. An idiot living leaving his laptop in the car or in the roof of the car it's still the number one cause of data loss I would I thought that eventually with cloud and everything people will stop being stupid but now people are still stupid but data loss cloud doesn't inject IQ into people no brain. but, but uh-huh. for my from tomorrow morning if everything burns down I have nothing on-prem nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. I think I don't have anything on premise. I, well. I use, I, personally, like, I use a Chromebook. So Google Drive. Exactly. I, I don't believe in on-prem. But after visiting Cisco Live in EMEA, I discovered that there's a whole continent that still believes in on-prem. And not only a that... A few of them. No, no, no. They, 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 they still believe in on-prem. And I have no idea why they think that, that it makes them more secure. But I, I met the people that run Exchange 2016 on-prem. And think it makes them safer. OMG. Exactly. Now, in reality, data loss prevention is a topic that keeps coming and going and coming and going. To show how ancient I am, Manoj Nair, my buddy from Sneak, Eva, my buddy from Duo, and Jim Weezy from, I think he's in Salesforce these days. All of us met at RSA a million years ago because of a, a a product called Tablis, which was a DLP product, which was actually really, really good. It connected to a million different things. If you wanted to say something bad on, remember Microsoft IM, they had something that looked like ICQ at work. You had the Microsoft uh, IM that looked like Messenger. Yeah. And whenever I wanted to say to somebody, fuck you, I couldn't write it because it would say, this is against company policy. Or if I wanted to post something and they say, no, 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 you can't post this. And all of us, just moved to writing in Hebrew, all the profanities, because all these things are written by people that don't speak Hebrew. So And I, people move to emojis. Move, move to emojis. Hebrew. And now I can send somebody a peach emoji and an eggplant emoji and, and express my opinions about their thoughts. Please yeah. don't. Please don't. <laughs> only, okay. only on WhatsApp. Please uh, don't. Okay. <laughs> And hopefully there will be a technology that's able to catch these things at some point. Of course. I mean, yes. why not? But the idea is that the ability to catch when people are trying to send documents out of the organization, there's still the core problem. So uh, almost every organization that I talk to about identity, the first thing that they ask me is, we're going to fire a whole bunch of our sales team. How do we make sure that they didn't exfil all their contacts from Salesforce as soon as they get a whiff that something's happening. And you ask the same thing about SharePoint because everybody's deciding to point their SharePoint to their own Gmails and invite themselves to their own SharePoints and dump a whole bunch of right. stuff. 
say, oh, yeah, yeah you, you can just read it with the link. And the disgruntled employee is yes. still the number one concern and yes. kind of policy of exactly. people not taking documents Ex- with them. Exactly. And, and a lot of times it's for very good reasons. Sometimes it's uh, it's the organization being childish, but, so, but most of the time... Trade secrets, know-hows. Exactly. You, you shouldn't... It, the, even just from the sake of IP ownership, if you build something, and there's a great episode of this in Silicon Valley, if you wrote code on Cisco's machine, Cisco should own the code. I firmly believe in this. If you want to build a startup on company time, don't. People should respect ownership of rights. People should respect ownership you're of being data. paid by yeah. your employer. Exactly. You're paid by your employer to generate content. You can't sneak it out. Yep. It's like stealing. The fact that it's virtual doesn't make it less of a crime. We were talking about other crimes that have been decriminalized. This is a crime, a real crime, and you shouldn't do it. And there are a lot of tools. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off at government in general for not dealing with crime. But this is something that they make the organization deal with. And they build DLP tools. And DLP tools come up and down and up and down. In the late early 2000s or mid-2000s, there was a big wave of the AV manufacturers saying, you know what, we have something on your machine, we're going to spy on you and make sure that you don't. And sometimes they're able to do things and sometimes they're not. It, it, the first time that one of these tools prevents the CFO from sending the CEO an Excel spreadsheet with the, the recent numbers is when that tool gets kicked out. But... The idea is that the, the tools are there and they come up and down and up and down, but now they're dealing with a real problem. What's the real problem? Gen AI. What's Gen- the real problem? That's actually two, twofold. One is Slack and one is Gen AI. Okay. Uh, Why Slack out of Slack, tools? Teams and all these things are very easy. So if you remember the Slack Connect, you and I were connected when you were in Hunters over Slack Connect. It allows you to connect to a lot of sub-companies and create very easy connections for people inside your organization and outside your organization. And you can leak information to your heart's content. And also, a lot of people... Uh, because it's not monitored it's not by monitored traditional tools that will see that there is data leakage. And because exactly. Slack is very pervasive and... It gets attached through APIs to basically everything in your business. Exactly. So one is Slack. And when people try to govern Slack and say, no, 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 you can't do the Slack Connect thing. And for example, I'll give you a naive use case. We are connected to almost all our customers with shared Slack yeah. channels. Many startups that I know. Everybody are... that cares about actually being good at support. There's a reason why Salesforce bought them because this is an awesome support tool. It's probably the best support tool ever. And it's the great the best way to make your customer feel like they're you being care heard. About, you, 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 yeah. you care about. You're connected to them directly. But what prevents me from accidentally being old and stupid, like we started the conversation. Uh, I'm and put w- the wrong document to the wrong Slack chat with the wrong customer. Exactly. Or do something else. Create a fake, fake company of me and start sending information out. And I say, no, no, this is a customer. I need to connect it. I, I think I have like five fake Slack companies for myself that on different initiatives I kick-started with uh, um, VJ or uh, Dennis at some point in time. 
So there's a lot of fake Slack companies. And if you're a big organization, you can't monitor everything every time. And if you block these things, you're basically allowing the competition to win. So Slack is one. I would say Teams as well, because t- Teams is very prevalent as well. And Microsoft being Microsoft claimed that everything is okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We got we, we got everything under control. There There's Teams DLP. It just requires 50 support people and 20 tons of people to configure a policy because it goes from not able to send you hello or send you a line in Hebrew to basically sending everything with nothing in between. So Teams and WebEx are there as well, but Slack is the main one. The other one is Gen AI. Most Gen AI run on-prem. I know NVIDIA and some of the other companies are trying to get you to buy a mountain of GPUs and run everything on-prem. But companies want to run it on prem because they don't want the data models to be on somebody else's cloud. I, I think there is a variety of like ways that those it kind of like depends on what type of data, what's the use case yep. that companies will decide if they want to run it on premise versus using the copilot on Asia, but, but in reality, what will happen is that companies that will want to win will have to feed the model with as much data. The more data you feed the model, the more likely that the, the model, model will actually work. Yeah, I, I think I heard from a few startups in this field that started working with the early adopters that are now trying to feed data into the models. And the first way that they addressed the data security issue was to be very, very descriptive of what data can get into LLMs, what data they don't want to put into LLMs. And with that kind of discrimination and limitations, the model was awful. Yeah. Because like, if you limit the amount of data, the variety of data that you're feeding into the model, you'll get shit out. Like you, you actually, AI LLM is like, the more you give in, the more you, you'll get out of it. There is nothing to learn if you're feeding the same type of data and, and you're minima, minimizing it. It's even worse. One of the things that you and I were talking today, last week is data classification. Most organizations are lazy as shit about classifying the data. When I say classifying, it is the basic classification of us military people to talk about it, secret, top secret, black, blah, blah, blah. There's this level of classification, Mm -hmm. but there's also business classification. Is this document a support case? Is this coming from a trusted source? Is this coming from an untrusted source? Nobody's doing this job, and that's something that the DLP tools were really good at, of scanning your documents and saying, this is not actually what you think it is. This document is, it's rated as public, but it contains trade secrets. Or this is public, but it contains uh, PII, or things like that. Pe- people didn't, never did a good job of classifying. So people are not classifying the data correctly. So everybody's afraid of putting the data into the LLMs because they don't know what data they're putting in. It also and you, don't, you don't know what will happen. Whether the LLM will then give it out to somebody. Exactly. So the 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 fact that you don't know what your data is and you lack basic discipline and and data classification, you need something to classify the data before you put it in. So 
this is a little bit of the people are afraid to put data into the system because they don't know what they're putting in. So let's summarize the state of where we are and let's discuss what do we think is ahead of us to, to move uh, uh, beyond those problems. So basically, you think that today's main two problems um, in the, this area of data security data is or data loss is around those data sharing platforms like Slack and Teams and so, chat plus uh, data sharing. The fact that they're so... And they are huge productivity tools that enable connections, communication among organizations that it's a highway. We don't want to get rid of the highway, but we need to put some guardrails for safe driving. So that's one. And then on top, we have this brave new world of Gen AI when we actually want to feed everything or as much as possible. But it's scary. It's scary. So because one, we don't know what we're feeding into the model. Yeah. Because we don't know what we have, because we're not doing a good job of policing our data. And second is we don't know what the model will spew out to the right person. And third is we are afraid that if somebody, if the wrong person gets access to talking to the model, we won't know that 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 data was leaked. So you wouldn't know that an employee asked what the salaries of uh, all my managers, and he got it from the model. More, let's say, because this is a real easy thing to explain on military use cases, but every business can easily translate this. Let's say I see, let's say I am an 8200, like all all y'all, everybody else besides me, and you get... To, he- to overhear or capture something, and it contains your data in it. You want to be able to tag, how do you know that this data came from me? Because this is the only way to plug the leak. The only way to plug the leak is by knowing where the data came from, right? Mm-hmm. So as a lot of us used to put false data, basically, basically radio labeling the data. And now I learned that, thanks to DJ, I learned that this term is called canarying to put con- stuff in your data to be able to know that where the data came from and who got it out. So That reminds me of a very <laughs> side note. If you're in sales, never take the, the Zoom Info license from your previous employer and reuse it in your new employer empl- because they have some canary contact information. And once you start sending out the emails from your new domain, your company will be dinged by Zoom Info lawyers asking them to immediately buy or they'll be sued for using the other company's license to use Zoom Info. So, sorry, just yes. wanted to say it because everyone in, in startup world have SDRs doing rogue stuff. Yeah, Zoom Info is the bane of my existence. Never trust these Israeli companies that spy on you. I I never trust them. They're not really trustworthy. Okay, sorry. We jumped in. It just reminded me that I I need to plug this. Yes, but it's also, it's really important note. And I think it kind of teaches us that we want, if we want to deal with data leaks and data loss, we want to be able to track where data came from. So, we want to be able to train the model with right data and wrong data and classify this correctly and be able to track back where the data came from 
and for doing this, we need good data policy. And this has been a real problem because what happens with a lot of the data security tools, the DSPMs, most of them actually go deal with the easy problem, which is I want to secure Snowflake. Everybody wants to secure Snowflake. But that's, that's the part of, that contains raw data. If you want to deal with intelligence and information and the higher level up from the datum, most of this is in Excel and PowerPoint and these things. And in your whatever it is, like your customer success or customer support tickets contains yeah. tons of information. Salesforce, your exactly. emails, your exactly. Google Drive. Exactly. That contains a lot more valuable information, which... That's the intel, that's the, the small things that people produce. And those lay there unprotected, unguarded. So what do you think is the future and how we solve those problems? How do we solve them? So first, we do need a wave of technologies that sit on top of Slack and use, oh my God, I'm going to say AI, use some form of AI to sift through the content and do basic, I, I don't know how to, you know what? I don't know how to translate the term from English, from Hebrew. How do you translate binarishtit? I see. This is a problem. It's insights from behavioral insights. Behavioral insights. How do I glean behavioral insights of DD talking to this, DD talking to that? That's like what UEBA was supposed to be, user yeah. behavior. Yeah. Um, but, but it was never... Analytics. Exactly. Yeah. But it was built wrong. This is, right. this is meant to deal with how do I understand when the network is going off the rails? And things that basically sense that there's a disturbance in the force. And that's related to a lot of what we were trying to do with identity intelligence before we kind of shifted towards the where we are now. And I think it, need, it needs to be revamped mm-hmm. to kind of understanding of the slack. But somebody also needs to scan through the content and be able to understand, is this content good content? And by the way, I'm, I, I think people also need to come back with the content moderation, really. The content moderation in Slack, in corporates, I think the fact that it's now lying there very much in, in, in the weeds is a problem. Because maybe, so WebEx came out with a very, very cool tool, I think, which is the change the tone. So if I write something in DD tone, I can shift it. The AI can shift it. Being a North American But that goes back to the previous topic about okay. me using ChatGPT to exactly. be soundless Israeli. Exactly. So there are tools like this. We need to insert the tools. Will they do it while I speak, not just write? This, is, this would be awesome. This would be awesome. I need like the, the, yeah, the yeah. Zoom. Zoom uh, translator. Yeah. A, a dubbed version of Lital. That It's can, a deep fake. It's a deep fake. Of a nice person. That can say vulnerabilities. Yeah. Oh, they, they will take my, I don't know. It's like, would people like, I mean, they can write to me if they want my voice to change and my yeah. accent. Yes. Maybe we'll have like a skin in Zoom. Exactly. So okay. we, yeah. we, 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 now we're fantasizing, but we do need something to govern the content. Okay. Including the spoken content. Because right now the, 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 the assistants are generating a lot of the stuff. 
Now we need something to sit on and govern those things. And in terms of in in terms of data loss prevention from the models, I think it needs to be done in a legal way. But it also you need tools to track and spy on the content that comes in. Make sure that it's well classified before you feed it in. And when it's well classified before you feed it in, you can't expect... So you think there's a new generation... Because there, are, the, there is this industry of data classification and stuff. You think there is like a new world of yes. like yes. data classification with this landscape, uh, this lens looking at the fact that it's going to be fed into a model. So... Yeah, exactly. They, they classifying need to- it for... Gen AI tools. Exactly. I think this is kind of where things would be going. Okay. And if we have spoken about the deepfake, let's end on an interesting note of a deepfake and data loss and money loss. Yeah. The, what was the story about this Hong Kong company with the guy working in finance? So the theory said that somebody showed up on Zoom and pretended to be the CFO and asked the guy to wire money. And there was a whole bunch of people on that Zoom call. Which they all were, were deep, deep fakes of other com- people working in the company. Correct. That made it appear as if it's a legit Zoom call. And the employee working in the finance department of a big corporate wired $20 million to fraudsters. Yes. So the, uh, for our DLP stuff, this is where you want to monitor the content for abnormal behavior. And when we talk, and this is something that's really should be tracked, and it should be tracked in the email tools, and a lot of this is coming from the fact that you'll see that Mimecast and Proofpoint are basically taking a nosedive. They have a lot of DLP capabilities in them, but a lot of them is built on the on-prem stuff, and Google and Microsoft never actually picked up the ownership of those tools, and that probably leaves a nice little gap there to be acquired by Microsoft or Google. Well... It's not about DLP, but maybe let's give one final thought about this specific threat of, of deepfake. Oh, the um, deepfake? This requires, this requires a, this, I'm going to do a cliffhanger. We're going to deal with this. In a n- different episode. In a different episode. Okay. Because this it, com- is important. It, com- it comes back to my favorite topic. Identity, identity. and multifactor authentication. And identity verification. Yeah. Identity verification. That that's a completely different topic of identity verification and where identity verification needs to fit in our daily lives on a continuous basis. Okay, we we will come back with separate episode in a week or two. Exactly. Cool. Excellent. Anything else uh, want to add to summarize the topic? Yes. Have a DLP plan. If you don't have a DLP plan, if you're a CISO and you don't have a DLP plan, have a DLP plan. I think everybody isn't currently working because of Gen AI. Yes, exactly. Maybe they don't and, and, call it DLP. DLP is not a sexy word anymore. But they need to come back to the not sexy because sometimes I, 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 you need a lock on your door. You need a wa- working washing machine. You need not sexy. You need something that just works. Go Absolutely. back to DLP. Okay. Amen. Well, with that, thanks, Didi. Thanks, Lital. Thanks, everyone. This is the Didi and Lital Show. It's a weekly podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. If you have some technical topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to us. We'll be here next week. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye.